0: Well, today I want to continue a series that I've been in for the last couple weeks. Um, and the series is entitled The Salty Church. The Salty Church. Now, I don't know if you guys are, you know, again, into the home remedies that my dad was into or my mom was into. But how many of you guys have ever gargled salt water? Anybody? Yeah. Did your da- I mean, did the- do you guys still teach your kids that? I mean, some of you guys that have little kids? Yes. I mean, it's like the the best remedy. I remember, you know, I would, I would, you know, kick my toe on a step and my dad would get he would say, gargle salt water, it'll make it feel better. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was just like the home remedy for everything that we did. Um, and I don't know if it works or not, but I do it. I do it all the time. I get a tickle in my throat, like today, it's sinus, you know. It's sinus Sunday and the sinuses are rolling. I'm like, come on now, give me some salt water. You know, the hotter, the better, right? I mean, the more salt, the better. Um, And and it may be true. I think it is that, um, you know, salt makes things better. It helps heal wounds. If you've ever, you know, um, been hurt or whatever and you, you, my wife, like she runs marathons and so she's always sore and everything. Well, she soaks in salt water after she, you know, feels the pain. Anybody ever done that? Epsom salt, you know, type stuff, where you sit in the bathtub. Again, I've never done it, but I think it works. I, I know it works. I know that, you know, that when I, when I gargle salt water, it makes, you know, the sores in my mouth or whatever go away. I mean, it just works. It makes things better. Well, here's the point. I believe that, the, that a salty church ought to make things better. Amen. The salt, a salty church ought to make things better, and, and, and this is where we've gone so far in this series, and, and I want to kind of do some recapping, but the scripture that we've been using is Matthew chapter, thir- Matthew chapter 5, actually, verse 13, and listen to what it says. Look at, the, look at the verse with me. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth, and I said this last week, but it doesn't say you ought to be the salt of the earth, does it? It doesn't say you have the potential to be the salt of the earth. It says that we are the salt of the earth. And you say, well, who's the you? Well, the you is the church. The you is us. Those that have believed in Jesus Christ, that have trusted him as our Lord and Savior, that is who this scripture is talking about. Therefore, we as Christians, we don't have an option of whether we're going to be salty or not. God has called us to be salty people for him. You say, well, what does that look like? Well, we've been answering this, you know, this, these questions. What, what really matters in life? I mean, if we're going to be a church that matters, like this, the subtitle says, what really matters in life? What really matters to God? What can we do that really makes a difference? Well, one of the, the, the I guess, the principles that our church lives by is this. We ride for life change. In other words, in our, in our ride with Christ, as we go through this, this life with Christ, we ride for life change. If we're not seeing lives change, then we're probably not doing what God has called us to do. Amen? I mean, it's all about life change. The work, the sweat, the money, the resources, everything that we do is, is so that we can see lives changed. But here's the ultimate way that they're changed. They're changed through the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the reason that we do what we do. Jesus is the difference maker. And so we share Jesus with people that need him because we all need him. Um, and, and, and Jesus, you know, again, through his word, he's shown us some things that really matter to him. Um, some of these things are social justice issues. And, and, and some of you guys are like, why have you taken this social justice, uh, you know, slant on all this stuff? Because here's why. Because I believe It matters. I believe that the Bible teaches us that when we meet the needs of people, then we open up the door to share the gospel with them. Therefore, we are called to meet some social needs in the world today. And you say, well, what were those? Well, we've learned that Jesus believes that, that orphans matter, that the foster you know, parents matter, that, that's, that children that have been taken out of their homes and left you know, alone, they matter. And we ought to be a part of making a difference in their life. Amen? And that's what we're doing. That's what we're gonna We've partnered with the Forgotten Initiative. And like I told you, we've met our goal. I mean, it's just an amazing thing to be able to, to be able to hand something to a child who has nothing to their name, who has left their home in, in the most you know horrible situation, and we are able to step in and, and and provide for them physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And so we've learned that orphans matter, right? I mean, they matter. We ought to be taking care of them. The, the widows, the, you know, the scripture says in James chapter one, verse 27, it says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the word or the world corrupt you. That's what true religion is you want to be part of a a true religion or Christianity, which we believe is true religion, then you ought to be taking care of orphans and widows in their distress. And that's what we're called to do because we believe it matters. The second thing that we looked at is we looked at that we, we believe that missions matter. Missions matter. We have been given, listen, we have been given the greatest commission that God can give You say, well, what is it? It's to go and share the gospel with a world that doesn't have Jesus. That's our commission. You say, well, what's a commission? It means we've been given a task of going and sharing or doing something, you know, or building something. And that that is the kingdom of God. That's for the glory of God. And it's not a, it's not, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 28 that, you know, it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and, and, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And, sh- and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That is the great commission that we're called to fulfill. And that matters. And so we support missions. You say, well, how do we do that? Well, I've been on this, you know, again, campaign for coffee. And I, for the first 40 years of my life, I never even drank it but now I drink it. I drink it every day. You know why? Because we have become a part, a partner with a ministry called Phoenix Roasters Coffee. And again, this sounds like a pitch, but it's really not. Um, But we sell it actually. And so it is a pitch. So you need to buy your coffee today outside because here's why. Because when you buy this coffee, it matters. It goes toward Farmers, when Phoenix Roasters, we buy our coffee from Phoenix Roasters. Phoenix Roasters buys it from farmers in Panama, buys it from farmers in Guatemala, buys it from farmers in Honduras, and they pay pay a fair wage to these farmers so that these farmers can make a great living. And out of that, guess what? The farmers take the money that they, the percentage of the money that they have gotten, and they support missionaries all across the world. So just by drinking a cup of coffee, you can change lives. Uh, through missions. And so that's what we do. Um, and that's the partners that, that, that we've partnered with. Well, today I want to continue our series about looking what it, or looking at what it looks like to be a salty church. Um, I, I want you to look at the subtitle real quick. You, you can see it up here. The salty church being a church that matters. You know what the key word is there? And the key word for this whole series probably is Church. it's, It's being a church that matters. You say, well, what is this series about? Well, this series is really about what is the church, our church, doing that matters? And here's the thing. At Thousand Hills Ranch Church, we believe in fellowship. We uh, believe in having fun. We believe we have dinners, we have dances. We're going to have a fall dance, you know, sometime pretty soon. We we have a great time. We eat steak together. We have we just have a good time, and we love having that fellowship. And we need more of it. But here's the thing. Here's what I want you to understand about our church. Our church is not a social club. Our our church is not a fraternity. Our church is not a country club. Other than we are pretty country. Amen. It's not. We're, not. we're not. We're not just a social club where we come together and we just kind of hang out and fellowship together. We have a reason for being the church. We have been given the privilege of knowing God and making Him known to the world. That's what the church is about. And that's what our church is called to be about. At some point in all of our lives, if we are Christians, we were hell-bound but Jesus came and he forgave us and now we are followers of Christ with the purpose of making him even more famous than he already is. That's what the church is about. That's what the church should be about. But here's the truth. And, and I need some smiles today. Can you give me some smiles today? Come on now. Some of you guys need it. Do we need to take a coffee break? And you guys need to grab a little coffee? um here's the thing here's here's what i've noticed unfortunately i here's what i believe i believe that we live in a world and and again we're talking about the church here but i believe that we live in a world where even christians are discouraged where even christians are hopeless when when they think about the future of the church many of them are saying well the church is on the decline i mean the church is dying that the christianity is failing I mean, churches are, are shrinking, and America is doomed. I mean, anybody heard that? Anybody, anybody read anything about that? Yeah. I mean, that's what I hear. But here's the truth. You can read what you want. You can believe what you want. But here's what I believe. I don't believe that God is done with the church. Amen? Amen? I don't believe that he's done with the church. Some would say, you know well, Bo? What about all these churches that are dying? What about all these churches that were 100 years old and, and now they're closing their doors? Can I just be honest with you? Some of them need to close their doors. <laughs> I mean, some of them do. I mean, some of them, again, they've, they've, they, they have a dead religion. They have no passion, they have no outreach, and they have no purpose or vision. And to those churches, I say, close the doors. I, I, I support them closing the doors because here's the truth. Where there is dead religion, where there is dead vision, again, the, the church is not able to grow. Here, here, let me just make this, this, this disclaimer and you can quote me on this at any point later on in our church's history or in our church's future. If our church becomes ineffective in engaging our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, my prayer is that God would help us close our doors. You know Why? Because we're just coming to a social club. Do you see what? Do you you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I can get up here, and and again, we can we can go through the motions of doing church, but if we're not making an impact in our world, if we're not actually seeing lives changed, what's the point? I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a part of just another deal that you know, again, that just glorifies ourselves, or you know, that that just you know, just goes through the motions. I want to be a church that matters, and I know that you do too. And so that's what Thousand Hills, that's what we believe. And, and again, some, some people would say, you know, all these churches are irrelevant. And I, I don't believe that church is irrelevant. I believe that church is more relevant today than it ever has been. And I believe that we can make a difference. And you say, well, how do you know? Well, here's the truth. The Bible tells us. In Matthew chapter 16, listen to what Jesus says. And, 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 and again, this is, this is something that we need to hear. Jesus says, I will build my what? Church. And listen to what else it says. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. He says, I'm going to build my church. And guess what? Nothing in this world can conquer the church. Nothing can take it out. You might be you know might you might be discouraged today. You might be thinking, well, you know, again, the church is dying. I mean, everything's, you know, going to hell in a handbasket. No, listen. Jesus says, "I will build my church, and no one, not even the devil, not even hell itself can kill the church." Can I get some amen's on that? I mean, that's good stuff. Let's get let's get something going today. Here's the thing. I believe that many Christians, we have our heads often in the newspaper rather than in our bible and we need to get our heads out of the newspaper we need to get our heads out of maybe the facebook you know or yahoo or whatever you whatever news you listen to you need to get your heads out of that here's the here's here's the truth we got to get our heads in the bible christianity isn't dead we are still alive and we can make a difference through jesus christ the true builder of the church and so here's the thing, while Jesus is the true builder and he's going to build his church and nothing can stand against it, guess what? He's chosen us, the church, as his tools to help build it. He's chosen us. And, and you say, well, what's the, what, what's the point? Well, this is why we do things differently at our church. This is why we meet uh, at, at a cell barn that smells like money all around. I mean, that's just, I mean, this is why we do it. I mean, this is why we're going to build barns, why we're going to build arenas. You know, you know why? Because they're just a tool that God wants to use to reach our world. This is why when you come in, you don't know if you're at a honky tonk or if you're at church. I mean, we sing songs that, again, great country songs. You know why? Because we want to be the real deal. We don't want to be just a fake church where I get up here and say, yeah, I mean, the Lord said, and God, for art thou, and. You know, I mean, and, and just talk our church language. No, we want to be real. We want to be a, a church that, that, again, is authentic. And so that's why we do church differently. That's why I preach series like this. Here's why. Because I believe that Jesus is not through with the church. And what we do for him, it still matters. It still matters. So here's the question that I want to answer today, and I'm done. You ready? Here's the question. What keeps us from being a salty church and how can we change? What keeps us from being a salty church and how can we change? Um, I, I'll, I'll let you in on my life a little bit. I want to uh, just tell you a little bit about my life. I, 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 um, my wife and I, we, we try to be healthy. How many of you guys try to be healthy? How many of you guys don't try at all? Come on now, just be honest. You don't give a flip. well here's the truth i don't want to give a flip but i try to give a flip you know what i'm saying and and i'll just i'll give you an example my wife and i we try to eat healthy we try to go to the gym you know and all this stuff but here's the one thing that plagues me i'm apathetic (laughs) i'm apathetic i have this 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 in, in inherent desire not to go to the gym it's like I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to eat, you know, egg whites only. I want to eat all of the egg. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I want to to drink, you know, a root beer, right? And Not you know water. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I want to. I want to. I want to. I don't want to go run when my wife goes run. You know, goes to run. I. You know, I'm just. I'm apathetic like that. I, I really don't care. You know a whole lot about doing that and here's what I I do oftentimes and I just figured this out I, I even try to fake exercising anybody fake it like you go to the gym and you're like you know you just hang out and you never really work out you just walk around anybody okay nobody great I'm the only I'm the only idiot in the room well, here's how else I, I figured out that I tried to fake it. I, I tried to fake it the other day. Um, on our phone, my wife, we have, we have iPhones, and, and, and on our phones, we downloaded this app called MyFitnessPal, Pal. And it's your fitness pal, you know. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Well, if you if you download this, it actually counts. If you have your phone with you, it actually counts the number of steps that you take, and it, and it, it subtracts the calories out of your, you know, whatever you're trying to, you know, save. You know, your calories and all that. Well, here's what happened. Last Monday, we went and we gathered all our cows up. We were we going to take them to the cell. We were going to, you know, uh, try to make some money and and all of that stuff. So we go out and we gather all my cows. All right, we're on this big pasture and. We we, get, we gather up all these cows, and when we get back and, and we, we shower, we go to the movie war room that night, and then I look at my phone, and and I look at it, and I go, yeah, I go, oh, man, this is pretty amazing, and, and, and I figured out that I had, I had taken 11,590 steps that day, that's what I figured out, but then we got to thinking about it, and here's what I figured out, I really didn't take that many steps because my phone was in my pocket and I was riding my horse. <laughs> and so, so listen, my, my horse, he, he burnt 590 calories that day. And, and the whole time, I, you know, when it didn't register until later, the whole time I'm thinking, yes, I get to, I get to eat a, a king size Reese's tonight. I get to go buy a Slurpee tomorrow. I mean, I, I get to do all these things. And so I was faking it. My, my horse made all the effort. I didn't, right? Well, here's the point. You say, well, what's the point? Well, here's the truth. I, I believe that many Christians, they want to count... Listen, and this is kind of in your face, but they want to count someone else's efforts as their own. I want to get, I want to get a little personal here. Just, here. Here's what I want to say. You can, you can attend a church that matters and still not be a Christian that matters. Pick your toes up. You, you, can, you, you can watch a church grow and still not be growing yourself. You you can see lives being changed and and it doesn't mean that you are a part of that life change. And we fake it. We, we, We try to fake it. Here's the truth. You and I personally are responsible for our pursuit of Jesus and we have to choose to be different and to make a difference ourselves. I mean, again, I wished I could help you make a difference in this world, but only you can decide to do that. Can I encourage you to do that? Absolutely. Can I implore you to do that? Can I show you how to do that? Absolutely. But you have to choose. Listen to Luke chapter 10, verse 27. Uh, The man answered this, and and it it was a question, or he said this. Jesus said this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Do you see the, the overriding word there? You. You have to do that. And so you say, Well what you know, what about you know this church is awesome. I mean we're making a difference in the world. That may be true, but here's my question. Are you are you a part of that? Or do you just come and go, Yeah, great job, Bo? Good music today. It's was awesome. I mean, again, that's, that's a question that we all have to ask ourselves. Some of you guys are like, you know, but that was just a kick in the groan. You know, why, why are you trying to do this to us? Well, here's, the, here's and you're asking this question. You, you know, you've said that we, maybe we're not doing that, but, but you haven't told us how we can change. You, can, you haven't told us how we can make a difference. Well, I want to tell you. Here's the answer. Here's what I've learned. Our apathy has to turn into action. My apathy has to turn into action. If I'm going to make a difference in my body, my apathy has to turn into action, right? If we're going to make a difference as a church, then our apathy has to turn into action. We, we must stop faking it and start doing it our apathy has to it can't be a, you know an option anymore and awareness again some of you guys are made aware of things that you maybe have never been made aware of our awareness is not enough our awareness has to turn into action and you say okay but what does it take to go from apathy to action i'll give you a few things number one is this it takes prayer it takes prayer If you want to be a part of the action, you need to be a person of prayer. Listen to the scripture in Matthew chapter 9. It says this, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, listen to this part, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So what? Pray. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and what? Ask him to send more workers into the fields. You see what he's saying here? I mean, last time I checked, guess what? The harvest is still ripe, and, but, but the workers are few. I mean, we have a church that is amazing. And many of you guys are involved in our church and you're serving in our church, but many of you aren't. But the Bible says, if you want to be a part of the action, then you have to be a part of the harvest. And you know how you do that? You become a servant, you become a worker yourself, and then you pray for more workers. You want to make a difference in our church? Pray for our church. Lift it up. Ask God to bless it. Pray that our church will be a church that matters. Pray that our church would make a difference in the orphans in our town. Pray that our church would be a part of, you know, helping people that are broken be healed. Pray for our church. Make a difference through prayer. And here, can I just say this as well? If prayer isn't necessary for accomplishing our purpose, then our purpose isn't big enough. If I can do it on my own, and I don't have to pray about this, or I don't have to do, you know, ask God for his help, then my purpose isn't big enough. Guess what? We have a big purpose. We have a big purpose. And, and we need prayer. And so you say, well, how can, I, how can I go from apathy to action? Start praying. Start praying. Pray for, pray, for, pray for it all. Number two is this. What does it take to go from apathy to action? Number two, it takes study in the Bible. And you say, well, these are practical, and they are, but many of, many of us neglect them. You say, what, what does it take for me to be able to, to go from being uh, mediocre, lukewarm, to, to being a, a person of action that's on fire for God? It takes studying the Bible. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when, when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to What? Prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Here's the truth any action that we take ought to be rooted in the Word of God. It ought to be rooted in the Word of God. Again, if we just want to be a moral social club that comes in here and just does social things and is a moral you know, body of people, that's, that's great. I mean, we may make a difference in somebody else's life temporarily, but if we want to make a true difference, we are going to follow God's Word, and we're going to do it for God's glory. You say, so, so, so how do I move from apathy to action? You've got to know God's word. You've got to study it. You say, what else? What else does it take? Number three is this. It takes authentic relationships. If you want to go from apathy to action, you've got to surround yourself with people that aren't apathetic. Are you with me? I mean, some of you guys are like, you know, I don't, I don't have any friends that love Jesus and are, you know, challenging me to, you know, to be better as a Christian. Listen, maybe you need to find some of those people. Maybe you need to fellowship more in our church. Maybe you need to actually get to know somebody that you're sitting by so that you guys can, can, can grow in your action together. Here's the truth. I believe that all Christians ought to have two types of relationships. The first relationship is to have somebody over them that challenges them to grow in their faith and to become more active in in their pursuit of God. That's the first relationship. And, And you say, well, why do you need that? Because here's the truth. We need those people to help us grow. I need people over me to mentor me, to show me, to encourage me. I'll give you an example. My, I, 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 I want to become physically fit. I want to look good for my wife. I want to be healthy. I want to be a better pastor. So here's what I did. I knew I, I didn't want to go to the gym, so I hired a trainer. Can I get an amen on hiring trainers? Some of you guys have never done that. I've never done that <laughs> until now. I hired a trainer. His name's Mitchell. Mitchell. Um, some of you guys may know him grew up in town and he, he works at the wellness center and 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 I hired him So now guess what? I don't have an option He texts me and says bo you're gonna make it today and i'm like heck no in my mind And but on the text I gotta go. Yeah, i'll be there two o'clock. Come on We're gonna do this and I go you know why because he's not apathetic He wants to he wants to pump some iron he wants to get physical and i'm like, yeah, let's do this and we work out You know why? He's challenging me. I don't know if you see any of the results. and (laughs) I'm not going to take my shirt off or anything. But at least I have someone that's trying to keep me accountable. That's the first relationship. Here's the second relationship, and it needs to be authentic. You need to have somebody under you, someone that's not as far along as you are in your spiritual life that you can mentor and challenge them to grow. Does that make sense? Someone that can't pay you back. Someone that you can 't get anything from the least of these someone that maybe an orphan, maybe a foster kid, maybe a foster parent, you know I mean maybe it 's a missionary where you just serve them, you you encourage them, you build them up. I mean listen, if you have somebody over you pouring it into your life and you have somebody under you looking at your life as an example for them, guess what you are going to you 're going to move from apathy to action because they 're watching you they 're watching you, and they want to see you you know, make a difference and, and you can make a difference with them. Here's the other truth. When, when we have these type of relationships in our lives, guess what? We can make a greater impact. I mean, look at the scripture, Ecclesiastes 4.9. It says this, two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. You say, Bo, how? How do I develop these relationships? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to, to just pray about this. Volunteer in our church. You want to build some great relationships, volunteer on a team, serve on a team, help us start a new ministry, volunteer to be a part of the forgotten initiative or to help us sell this coffee or to, you know, be a part of supporting our military. I mean, again, let's, let's start a new ministry. Let's serve together so that we can build relationships that going that are going to help us make a bigger difference. That's what we ought to be about. And so, again, here's the last thing. You say, well, what does it take to grow from apathy to action? Here's number four, and I'm done. It takes speaking up. It takes speaking up. Listen to this scripture. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, it says this. Let your what? What's the word there? Come on, let's say it together. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. You know what this uh, scripture assumes? It assumes that you're having conversations. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Guess what? If you want to go from apathy to action, you've got to start conversations. It's just the truth. And some of you guys are like, this scares the pee out of me. I mean, to start a conversation about spiritual things, again, maybe you, you're, you're, you get anxious about that. Listen, you don't have to be anxious. The Word of God says that if you will open your mouth, the Holy Spirit will give you the words. You don't have to worry about it. All God is asking you to do is open your mouth. Start a conversation. Ask a question. Here's what I've learned. People, they don't, they don't really want to know necessarily what we're against all the time. They want to know what we're for. I mean, the church, oftentimes, we get known for what we're against. Listen, ask a question about what maybe somebody else is for. Ask them how they feel about, you know, again, about this, this situation or that situation. Ask them the question. I mean, here's the, one, of the, one of the coolest questions I ask people. So, so do you have any kind of spiritual beliefs? Tell me about your spiritual beliefs. And I just ask them, you know? Or I ask them, what do you, what do you think about this issue? And, and guess what? People want to talk. They want to talk. They want to be able to share their opinion. And and through that conversation, again, God may open the door for us to share what we believe. But at least we started the conversation. At least we're open uh, to to speaking about it. Here's the thing. You you ought to promote what God is doing in your life and in the life of our church. Here's Here's one of the greatest ways that you can be a witness. It's to share what God's doing in your life. Share with them. You know, the other day I was down and out and I read this scripture and this is how God worked in my life through that scripture. Just share it. I mean, God's going to pray for an opportunity and then open your mouth to do that. Here, usually, teenagers, you know, if you've got social media, use your social media to share what God is doing in our church and how they can get involved and how they can be a part of the youth group or or the part of our church. Use it. Start the conversation. When I post or somebody else posts something on our Thousand Hills website, website or our Facebook, share it with your friends. Start the conversation. Here's what's happened. When we post all this stuff about this coffee that we're selling so we can support missionaries, guess what? People all across the world have asked us about our coffee. And they say, hey, would you send us some of your coffee so that I can support missionaries too? You know, what, you know how that happened? Because we spoke up. We actually started a, a conversation. And so again, you say, well, okay, Bo, what, what, do we, what does the church do that matters? And how can we go from apathy to action? We have to pray. We have to know the Bible. We have to build authentic relationships. And we have to speak up. We have to speak up. And so here's the question that I want to leave you with. What are you doing that matters? What are you doing that matters? Anything? I hope that you are. I know that many of you are, but I don't know about all of you. Are you doing anything that truly matters? I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. I want to talk to the Christians, you know, first of all. And I I want to just, again, I want to challenge you. What what are you doing that really matters in in this world? Are you are you an apathetic Christian who just kind of goes through the motions or are you actually a person that is a part of the action that that is that is being used by God to make a difference in our world? Listen, maybe maybe you're pretty apathetic right now. Maybe you're not doing much that is making a difference or not much that matters. Listen, here's your prayer. Maybe you just need to pray to God say, Lord, strengthen me. Give me the energy. Give me the, the, the guidance that I need to move from apathy to action. Help me to be a part of something that matters. Lord, help me to, to begin to serve in this church so that we can make a difference in our world for eternity. Maybe that needs to be your prayer today. Maybe you're here today and 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 maybe you don't know Christ. Maybe you've never, you know, followed him and you've never given your life to him. Listen, without him in your life, you will never be able to make an eternal difference. He's the only one that can do that. And he chooses to do that through those who have followed him, who have surrendered their life him he wants to change you so that you can be used to change others and so maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to jesus you can do that today the bible says in romans 10 9 and 10 it says that if you will confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved and so maybe you're in your chair right there you just maybe need to pray this prayer. It's, it's just a simple prayer. It's not even about the words. It's about your heart. But maybe you just need to pray, Lord, I, I know that, that I'm a sinner. Lord, I know that I, I really haven't done anything that truly matters in eternity up until this point. But I want you to forgive me of my sin and come into my life. I want to do something that matters and I know it takes having you in my life to do that. Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer for the first time. Maybe, you know, again, you've never given your life to Christ, but you prayed that prayer with me. Listen, you have made the greatest decision that you will ever make in your life. You, you are now a, a follower of Jesus Christ. If you meant it with your heart and you believed it, then you are a follower of Him. And now He wants to use you as a tool to make a difference in the world. And so that's my prayer for you today. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, listen, here's all we ask you to do. We're not gonna ask you to come to the front. We're not gonna ask you to you know, to do, do anything that's gonna embarrass you. All we ask you to do is fill out that orange card on your chair, place it in one of these yellow buckets, and we will contact you about your decision. You say, well, I don't have an orange card. I don't know where they are. I, I, mine fell on the floor or whatever. Listen, you, you may not have an orange card. Here's what we would ask you to do instead. Maybe just text your name to the number on the screen as you leave today. Just text your name. You don't have to text anything else. Just text your name to the number on the screen and we will contact you about your decision today. My desire is that Thousand Hills Ranch Church would make a difference for eternity and that we would do it for the glory of god i pray that that's your desire as well and that you will join us in making a difference in our world lord i come to you right now and i thank you for the opportunity i thank you for the privilege of serving you and lord today as we are challenged to to not be apathetic but to be people of action in a church of action lord i pray that you would show us what that looks like in our lives and that we would begin to get into the arena of change, the arena of life change. Lord, help us to do that. I thank you for those that are serving, and I pray that you would just help others to get involved as well. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for being here today. Let's give the Lord a hand today. Can we give the Lord a hand? Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Bohag at Thousand Hills Ranch Church in Woodward, Oklahoma. Please join us next Sunday at 9am or 10.30am at the Woodward Livestock Auction.